Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Salatu wassalamu ala ashraf al-anbiya'i wal-mursaleen Sayyidina wa nabiyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Wa man tabi'ahum bi ahsanin ala yawmiddin Al-hadith al-thalith ashara Anabi Hamzata Anas ibn Malik radiyallahu anhu khadimi rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anin nabiyya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anahu qal لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يحب لأخيه ما يحب لنفسه رواه البخاري ومسلم. الحمد لله respected brothers and sisters we're continuing with these lessons from the forty hadith of Imam al-Nawawi and these forty hadith they are a specific compilation that discusses those hadith that are basically the fundamentals of deen, the principles of Islam. And why this is important is that if you were to take any particular hadith in this book, that hadith would indicate to a very, very important pillar of Islam. And the way that I look at it is every single hadith in this book is a hadith to make a moral and a principle to live by. You know, it's very interesting. There's a lot of good books out there. You guys should be in the habit of reading. You should try to read at least one book a month. But there's amazing, amazing books out there. I saw one book. It mentioned, you know, rules to live by. Life rules to live by. So I was like, that's really, really interesting. You know, and you'll see things like that, you know, that are mentioned, you know, do unto others as you would want others to do unto you and the golden rule and so on and so forth. But we see that all of what they have in those books is from the prophetic teachings, what the Anbiya alayhimussalam came with. So I say that every single hadith in the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawawi, they are maxims to live by. They are rules to live by. That when you read that hadith, you should say, okay, that is something that I have to live up to. That is going to be my you know, the moral of my life, the rule that I live by. So this is one of those amazing rules to live by. When you see, you know, everything that the Anbiya alayhimussalam, they taught, their teachings and what they taught us in reality, it's only to make your life and your akhirah better. Even though it may seem that some things might be difficult, it may seem that some things are very hard, some things might seem, you know, like I've, I've literally heard people say, you can't tell the truth in the world today. If you tell the truth, you know, you're never going to get far in life. You're never going to be successful in life. Wallahi al-azim, these are maxims that people live by. People live by this. Wallahi al-azim, I have had people give me advice. You know what advice they gave me? Don't give so much things to people. What did they give you? Wallahi al-azim, I'm not even joking with you. What did they give you that you're giving them? Why do you care so much about people? You don't need to care. This is advice that I have received. I have received advice that if you're always telling the truth, you're not going to be successful in life. If you're going to give and be generous, you're stupid. You're an idiot. Take, don't give. Yeah. 
You probably, you know, for some people, they're like, oh, you know, mashallah, you come from wonderful backgrounds, you know, very angelic backgrounds. But the real world out there, that's not how people are. In the world out there, it's a, like they say, it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. Even if you have to stab your own dad in the back to get what you have to get to in order to get success in life, then you got to do it. These are rules that people live by. These are maxims. You know, maxim is like a law. You know, Murphy's Law. You know, or, the, you know, the, the people, have, people have these laws that by which they say, this is how I conduct myself in this world. This is how I conduct myself with people. You know, this is how I conduct myself, you know, with my wife. You know, people have in many of their cultures, you know, a woman and a wife is not even worthy to be a human being. You know, you don't need to, just like you have your horse, you have your car, you have your donkey, you have your wife. And he said, yeah, it's astaghfirullah, it's, your, you know, your culture. But in certain places of the world, these are maxims that people live by. So I want you guys to read the hadith and Quran. These are, these are to live by. We need to start living our deen. We need to stop reading about it and listening about it. Somebody told me, you know, Shaykh, I'm really struggling with my faith. It's really not working for me. Let me give you guys a little bit of a scenario. I'm, you know, deen ain't working for me, man. You know, I, Islam is not working for me. My deen ain't working for me. So this is what I said to this person. I said, are you trying? Did you actually implement it and see that it didn't work? I bought something from the, you know, you bought something from the store and then you come and return it back. It's broken. Did you actually try it that it's broken? No, I didn't try it. I said, how do you know it's broken then? I, I think because I looked at it and it just doesn't look, look right, you know, because of the way I was looking at it. You know, from the angle that I was looking at it, it kind of looked broken, so I wanted to return it. It ain't going to work if you don't try it. It ain't going to work, and you can't fix something that's not broken. Deen ain't broken. Your Islam is not broken. And you're never going to know whether this works or not until you try and you do it. And I guarantee you, 75-80% of us out there, we're not trying enough. We're not doing it. You understand? You know, there's a couple of diets out there, people trying to lose weight. And it comes back, you know, like a week later, he said, it's, you know, doctor, it's not working. He said, you ain't doing it right. Somebody was on the keto diet. I was like, it ain't working. So you ain't doing it right. The reason why it's not working is because you're not doing it right. When you do it right, you will see that it is working. When you do Islam, Islam is not something to read. It's not a, Islam is not something to listen to. Islam is something to do. And this is one of those ahadith. You live by it and you do it. Anas radiallahu anhu, he narrates this hadith. And Imam al-Nawawi has a a methodology in his book, the 40 hadith, is that he wants to introduce the companion to you. Who is the one who is narrating this hadith? It's Anas ibn Malik. So what he says is, An Abi, an, an Abi Hamza. Narrated from Abu Hamza, the father of Hamza. So now we know that this was the title of Anas, Abu Hamza. Abu Hamza was his kunya, or his honorific, by which they, he was known by. 
He was the father of Hamza. And Arabs have this kunya as a term of respect. Anas was his name. And he was the son of Malik and Umm Sulaim, who was his mother. And he was Ansari from the tribe of Khazraj. And he was from the clan of Najjar. Why this is important is because the Ansari, Khazraji, Najjaris were people who sacrificed life and limb for the Prophet. They gave their homes, they gave their lives, they gave everything. The Prophet ﷺ loved them. And they were the neighbors of the Prophet. The Prophet ﷺ lived in their neighborhood where the Najjaris were. And the Prophet ﷺ said, the best neighbors are the Bani Najjar. Khayru Jar. The Prophet ﷺ said, Bani Najjar, Khayru Jar. Najjar and Jar. Jar in Arabic means, uh, means uh, uh, neighbor. Najjar is their name. Perhaps maybe, you know, because of the fact that they were carpenters. Could be. Allahu Alam. So, عن أبي حمزة أنس بن مالك رضي الله خادم رسول الله خادم رسول الله He was the servant of the Messenger of Allah. Umm Sulaim, the mother of Anas, brought Anas to the company and service of the Prophet when he was 10 years old. It wasn't something that she went and just, like you go to maktab and you drop off the kids and then you go back and you pick them up an hour later. She gave her son to the Prophet. She dedicated her son to the Prophet. He said, this is my son. I give him to you. I give him to you to serve you. So from this we understand that this is a concept in the deen where people would give their children for a motive, for an objective. This exists back home. Here also, alhamdulillah, I see where parents, they say, oh, my son, oh, my daughter, I don't want anything from you. I want you to serve the deen of Allah. I don't want anything from you. All I want is for you to give your life for the sake of Allah. There was people used to dedicate their children for the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they would say, like Hassan Basri, rahmatullahi He's very famous about Hassan Basri. He used to go to the dars, the maktab, and he would come home and take care of his mom. Go to dars, take care of his mom. Go to dars, and he was just like... So, his mother said, Oh, my son, I know that what your concern is. He said, I have forgiven my haq. You just serve the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I don't want anything from you. For me, my haq is that you serve the deen of Allah azza wa So, here we see, subhanAllah, that in the first year of Hijrah, when the Prophet first came to Medina, that was the year of the 10th year, he was 10 years old. And you know the Prophet stayed in Medina for 10 years. So Anas was with the Prophet in the prime of his life. In the prime of his life, from age 10 to age 20. And that is why, what, how many hadith did Anas ibn Malik narrate? 2,200 hadith. He was responsible for 2,200 hadith. That was Anas. In that 10 years, this is what he accomplished. So, 
the mother of uh, Anas says, Take him as a son. Take him as your servant, and he will serve you. And the Prophet took him. How, how did he serve the Prophet? It's a very famous story about Anas, where the Prophet sent Anas uh, to go get something from the store, from groceries. Go, go and get some, you know, some bread or sent him to bring something. So Anas said, he told me to get it, but in my mind I was like, I'm not going to get it. He's telling his own story when he was a kid. He said, he told me to get it, but then in my mind I was thinking, I'm not going to get it. He said, but I couldn't because it was the messenger of Allah. So he goes and he sees some kids playing. And he said, I saw those kids playing, so I forgot that the prophet told me, so I just started playing with them as well. All of a sudden, he says, I feel a hand in the back of my neck, and it was the Prophet And he looked at me and he was smiling at me. And he said, Anas, you, you forgot what I told you? You're not going to go? He said, no, 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 I'm going now. I'm going now. And he said, the Prophet just smiled at me. And he says, may Allah bless, may Allah have mercy on the Prophet He was the best character. He would never say oof to me in the 10 years that I served him. He never said oof to me. And he said, he never said about something I did. Why did you do that? And he never said something I didn't do. How come you didn't do that? When I, wallahi, when I read this hadith, I think, subhanallah, he was rahmatulil alameen. How did he make tarbiyah? Because he did say to others. The Prophet did say to others, but he didn't say it to Anas. So I thought about that. How is this? That he did say to others, you know, Oh Abu Bakr, you didn't do this? Oh Abu Bakr, why did you do this? Oh Umar, why did you do this? Oh Uthman, he would have this. He wasn't like that with everybody. Why was he like this? Because the Prophet understood, this is not my son. This is someone else's son. And they have dedicated this person. Look at the, look at the sharaf. Look at the maqam of Rasulullah wasallam. That this person was dedicated to me. I must honor him and honor his mother that I should not become a tyrant over this boy that was dedicated. Yani, he had given his life for the Prophet, but the Prophet didn't take his life. He gave him life. Do you understand what I'm saying? The Prophet didn't take his life. You know, sometimes people that have been to Madrasa and people that studied, they're like they were seven, eight years. Like when I spent time in Madrasa, I'd be like, man. I was the time, the time that I did, like you've been in prison or something. It's like somebody who took your life. Like that seven years, you know, that I was gone. And like that was a chunk of my life that minus seven from my, you know, in, in Thailand. It takes from your life. The Prophet didn't want to take anyone's life. Especially this young man who was dedicated to the Prophet ﷺ. He let him be. He honored him. He honored the dedication of his mother. Otherwise, to others, he said, do you know what he did to his own grandson? His grandson picked up a date, seven-year-old, five-year-old Hassan. He said, if I, I, I found a date, you know, and I picked it up and I put it in my mouth. And the prophet, he said, he put his finger in my mouth and he pulled it out and he says, kikh, yani nako, don't. He says, inna ahl al-bayt yahrumu alayna al-sadaqa. Right? Us Ahlul Bayt, 
it is haram upon us to eat anything that is from the sadaqah or from the charity. His own son, that's how he was to him. His own son, he told him, don't. But someone else's son, and the only thing that I can understand in my own mind is that when, when, when Anas's mother had dedicated him, you know, he understood that this is a dedication. This is an honor. And something that is of honor should be seen with honor and going easy. You know, he gave his life, so I must give his life, not take from his life. Anyways, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a lutf, there's a very subtle point in how the Prophet ﷺ treated him. One day, the mother of Anas came and said, Ya Rasulullah, make dua for my son. And what was the dua of the Prophet for Anas? Allahumma kathir mala wa walada wa adkhilhu al-jannah. Oh Allah, increase his wealth and increase his children and enter him into paradise. We're talking about what if you got luxury in the life of this world? This is Anas. You're going to see now the luxury he got. The brother asked, we were talking in the hadith that a person who was from the people of luxury in the life of this world who was from the people of the fire. But what about a Muslim who's a people of Jannah in this world and Allah gives him Jannah in this world? He said, yeah, it's possible. Anas. Yes, this is a, go figure the, the hadith about a person of Jannah in this life and in the hereafter. The Prophet made dua. He didn't say bless him in his wealth. He said, increase him in his wealth and increase him in his children. Not only blessing. You know, because a blessing could be Allah gives you two kids, but those kids like become millionaires. You get it? So you got blessing. You understand what I'm saying? So those two kids are like 10 kids. No, actually, like give him a lot of kids and actually give him a lot of money because blessing works differently than a lot. Like, baraka is not like kathra. You know? Like, baraka, a person can probably live like 50. Like, the Prophet's life had baraka in it. He lived 60 years, but he lived the life that even Musa, salam, when he saw the Prophet, he said, he started crying. He said, this young man has achieved more than my whole life. And he lived 120 years. Musa, salam, lived double the life of Muhammad, sallallahu and when he saw him in Mi'raj, he, he, he was weeping. He said, why do you weep? He said, because this young man who doesn't even have about 10 hairs that are, that are white in his beard, his ummah will be more than my ummah on the day of judgment. That's barakah. That he lived 60, 60 years, but he did more than what Musa salam could do. You get, I understand what I'm saying? But a lot is different than barakah. Barakah could be like small amount, but a lot of income, like a lot. Uh, somebody could be making like two, three grand a month, but it suffices them for everything. Another person makes 10 grand a month and then nothing is, you know, he overdrafts every month. You know what I mean? Barakah is that small amount that suffices. So the Prophet didn't make just dua of barakah. He didn't just say, give him barakah. He said, increase his wealth, ya Allah. And give him a lot of kids and enter him in the Jannah. So then what happened? Anas himself. An Anas himself said. And in another riwayat it says, and give him blessings as well. Give him a lot and give him blessings. He made both. 
So then Anas is telling a story. He says, other than my grandkids, I had 125 kids. Other than my, after my grandkids. After my grandkids, I had 125 you understand? So he's saying, Siwa walada waladi. What does that mean? Siwa waladi waladi. Other than my kids and my grandkids, my grandkids, after them, he had mi'atan wa khamsatan wa ishreen. 125. Okay? Wa inna ardi la tuthmiru fissanati marratain. And he said, my garden, it gives fruits twice a year. And a normal, you know, a normal uh, garden, you know, like you have like pumpkins, you've probably seen them over there in the Ardenwood, like only in the time of like November they come, right? Only that around October, November time, you just see, or in places where they have a season for a particular fruit. Anas's garden didn't have, it would come out twice. So he would have double season. It would give fruit twice, you can imagine. And then he says, and the third one, I still have hope that that's going to come true as well. And he's going to enter into Jannah. In another narration, it says, I've lived so long, sa'imtul hayat. I'm just tired of living. I live so long, I'm just tired of living now. Like, what else is there now? And they say, how long did he live? He says, he was the last of the Sahaba to die in Basra. وَطَّنَ بِالْبَصْرَ وَكَانَ آخِرَ الصَّحَابَةِ بِهَا مَوْتًا He was the last of the companions to pass away in Basra. سَنَةَ تِسْعِينَ In the 90th year of Hijrah. What year was Abu Hanifa born? 80 year, 80th year. Abu Hanifa was born in the 80th year of Hijrah. And he was born in Kufa, which was just a distance from Basra. And he actually, it is narrated authentically by Hafiz ibn Hajar al-Asqalani that Imam Abu Hanifa ra'a Anas ibn Malik. And it's possible because Anas died at 90, Imam Abu Hanifa was born at 80. So basically he could have been 7, 8, 9, even 10 years old when he saw Anas, and actually there's a narration that Abu Hanifa narrates from Anas as well. So it's amazing. And how old? Mata an mi'ati sanatin wa ishirina sana. He died at 120 years old. He died at 120 years old, Anas ibn Malik. Wa mata biqasrihi. He died in his castle. He died living large, mashallah. Just the dua of the Prophet, what are you going to do? Somebody, if they say, hey, Shaykh, you know, what's this? Lifestyles of the rich and famous. You can't live like that. Sorry, the Prophet made dua for me. What am I supposed to do? It's halal. And then he gave wasiyah to Thabit al-Bunani. All these people were amazing. Thabit al-Bunani was a tabi'i. He was amazing. So he told Thabit, he said, when I die, 
this hair that I have of the prophet, put it under my tongue and bury me with it. So Sabit al-Bunani put the hair of the prophet under his tongue and buried him when they were, when they were burying him. Sabit al-Bunani is another story altogether. They say that Sabit al-Bunani was one of the specialty students of Anas. And he was known for his salah. The entire night he would stand and they said, one night he said, one person said, I was uh, sleeping in the house of Sabit al-Bunani and there was a candle and there was a pillar that I just saw in the shadow. There was a pillar, there was a shadow. So I'm sleeping and he said, I saw that there was a shadow and then all of a sudden the shadow moved and it went down and then I looked and he said, it wasn't a shadow, it was Sabit al-Bunani but he was standing so long that I thought it was a pillar. He saw from the shadow of the ca candle that there's something like this. He said, when it, when it moved, I, I got startled. What, did, what happened with this? To this? He said, then I, then I looked again and it was not a, a, a pillar. It was Sabit al-Bunani. He would stand the entire night. It looked like, well, he was like a pillar. He was the one who made dua. He said, Ya Allah, there will be no enjoyment in Barzakh if there is no prayer. Give me prayer. If there is any of your slaves that has performed salat in the grave, give that to me. And actually, they said that Thabit al-Bunani, when he passed away, somebody saw him in a dream that he was in a position of salat. And something happened when his grave opened. He was actually in the position of prayer. Allah Ta'ala had blessed him with that. These were ajib people. And he was known to be from the, 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 the narrators who narrate many, many hadith. He narrated 2,200 hadith from the Prophet. So he narrates from the Prophet ﷺ who said, now what's the hadith? This was just the talk about the narrator of the hadith. Now you know about Anas. Now you know that when somebody says, from Anas ibn Malik anhu, now you will appreciate that hadith. That is why Imam al-Nawawi brings the little like, identification card. So you know like you have a, where's your ID card? So every hadith has an ID card. An Abi Huraira. An Anas. An Abi Bakr. An Umar. That's the ID card of the hadith. So when you hear that, it's like, oh, subhanAllah, get ready for this one. Get ready. This is, this is going to be, he's narrating from the Prophet Wasallam, And it's interesting Many of the hadith about the character of the Prophet is narrated by Anas. And many hadith about rules and laws is narrated by Abu Bakr and Umar. Rules and laws. They're narrated by Abu Bakr and Umar. It's interesting. Many hadith about Quran is narrated from Uthman. And if you... If you see, you can know that people can't make this up. This is, one of the, this is one of the things. You can't make it up because if you know the personality of that Sahabi, it fits totally with the hadith that they narrate, that they would narrate something like that. Do you understand my point? Like um, Abu Bakr and Umar, they were the khulafa of Muhammad Wasallam after they passed away. They were in leadership. They were the ones who were the governors. They were the rulers. So their hadith has a very like type of ahkam-related, fiqh ahkam-related. Anas, you can see, was a 10-year-old boy. 
he would narrate about like stories that, oh, the prophet was so nice and this is how the prophet treated people and this is how he would smile and this is the way he would walk. You know, like a kid would tell you, yeah, he was always, you know, and then, you know, this is how he said this and this is what he did and then now you'll see this hadith, right? You can see that this is something that a child growing up in the company would hear advices like this, subhanAllah. And Uthman, he was known to be one of the greatest qaris in the Jami'ul Qur'an. He narrates a hadith about Qur'an. And Huzaifa ibn al-Yaman is another interesting one. Huzaifa, he was known to be sahibu sirri rasulillah. He was the one who knew the secrets of the Prophet. The Prophet would tell him his secret because he was so trustworthy. And Huzaifa always narrates about the Day of Judgment, about the signs of the Day of Judgment. Right? So it's very, very, this, this whole science is very interesting. Anyways, the hadith that is narrated by Anas is this that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, La yu'minu ahadukum, none of you has true faith. Hatta yuhibbuli akhihi ma yuhibbuli nafsi. Until he loves for his brother what he loves for himself. What a hadith to live by. If we were not even to explain this hadith, it's enough for us to understand what an important thing that you should. Not live that, what? What have you done for that person that that person should, you know? Or what have that person do for you that you're doing for them? Don't give to people, take from people. You know all these that, when you have weird people's advice? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made me ajib. Muhammad I was ajib from young, young age. I had a lot of weirdos that I faced. You know, I've been to a lot of places. I've been around a lot of people. You know, I've been to Pakistan and South Africa and university and college and, you know, all, all types of people I've been around. But for, it's ajib that for some reason, when people would tell me some, something or a stupid advice or I would be around people of some negative nature or weird types of, I would immediately be able to feel that this is not right. And sometimes I become shocked at the naivety of certain people. How do you get misguided? It's a, it's a really, مَن يَهْدِهِ اللَّهُ فَلَا مُضِلَّ لَهُ وَمَن يُضْلِلْ فَلَا هَادِيَ لَهُ The one who Allah guides, nobody can misguide him. I felt that in my life. May Allah keep us like that. May Allah always keep us like that. That somebody should not be able to pull a fast one on you, take you in the wrong direction. Either. What? You're, you're, what type of thing you say? What did you do for this person? That, what did... You know, what, what did what did that person do for you that you're doing for them? Why, you did give, why do you give to people? If you're going to tell the truth, you're never going to be successful. I heard this. You know, and I've heard other types of things in religious rhetoric. All the Muslims are mushrik except this per, you know, these people. I mean, I heard that. I told you guys, I've been with like, these people that well, the people are making tawaf. And he said, all the people that are making tawaf here are mushrikeen. From that time, I had no knowledge. I said, this is not, this is not haq. This is batil. This is pure falsehood. All the people in the world are, are disbelievers. Only these five people in the world are Muslim? How stupid is that? And I was an 18-year-old kid. Nobody, nobody could pull a fast one on me. You're like, this is stupid. It just doesn't feel right. What type of religion is that? That 10 people are Muslim and the whole 90 million people in the world, everybody else is kuffar? All these people making tawaf of Allah's house is kuffar? We've been around those type of crazy people. We've seen that type of rhetoric. Anyways, this is the, these are those advices to live by. 
And this is what you teach your children to live by. At the same time, being intelligent, at the same time, being smart, being clever, not allowing people to pull a fast one on you. This doesn't teach, because this is what people think, is that when you live like this, you become naive. But remember, what, I'm, I'm always reminded of the statement of Omar radiallahu anhu. Omar radiallahu said, we're not naive. We can see right through a person that he's a munafiq. But for the sake of Allah, we go along with him. In what we go, in what we can go along with. And when, when he thinks he's going to take me, then I'll take him to the well and I'll leave his lips dry. You know what I mean? Yani, Hazrat Umar is saying, Man khada'ana lillahi in khada'ana lahu. Ajeeb. Man khada'ana lillahi in khada'ana lahu. Anyone who tricks me for the sake of Allah, I'll be tricked for him. I'll let him trick me. But he can't pull a fast one on me. I'm not naive, but because he said the name of Allah, I go, I'll go along with you. Let's see how far you're going to play me. I'm not going to let you steal or rob from me. I'm not going to let you hurt me. I'm not going to let you change. But you, you are, you are yani, for Allah's name, you're trying to do something. Look, I'll go along with you. Yani, the Sahaba were not naive. They were very sharp and they were very clever. But in the matters of Allah and Rasul, in the matters of Allah's name, it's, a, it's an amazing hadith of Isa alayhi salam. Isa alayhi salam saw a person steal. He stole. So he looked at him, he said, you stole. He said, wallahi, I didn't steal. He said, but I saw you. He said, wallahi, I did not. He says, I will belie my eyes, but I will believe you because you took Allah's name. Yeah, that doesn't mean... He's going to change the law. There's a, there's, a, there's a lesson in this. That he taught, he's teaching the thief. That this is how much I honor the name of Allah, that you don't honor the commandment of Allah. He's teaching him. That I honor Allah's name. That when you said, Wallah, I believed you. But you did not honor Allah's law that you stole. He's teaching him. And that person, that thief is like, subhanAllah, that's how much you honor Allah's name that you belie what you saw with your eyes. You belie because you heard Allah's name. And I did not honor Allah's law. And I know it, what I, what I did. You understand what's going on here? The point is, is that a lot of people say that these things might, might make you like, you live by this, you're not going to be successful in life. But now... This whole Western corporate system, they're realizing their fault. fault. They're re realizing their folly. That when you have dishonesty, your, your, your name and your business does not go ahead. When you have bad character, your business does not go ahead. When you have bad customer service and you don't treat people nicely, you are going to have problems in your company. You're going to get complaints. So the human element, they're bringing it back. They try to be corporate. They try to be cutthroat. They try to eat doggy dog world type of like, you know, thing. But then in the end, the human element, you're dealing with human beings, man. You ain't dealing with a robot. And you're going to treat me bad and you're going to give me an attitude. I'm going to write a, a, a review with zero stars on Yelp. Then you're going to see, oh, then I got I to gotta keep my reputation, isn't it?
That's the only reason you do it. You don't do it for Allah. You don't do it. Whereas that's what the Prophet taught you in the first place. If you would have done it for Allah, you would have gotten dunya as well. If you would have done it for Allah, you would have, you got, would have got dunya as well. How did the Sahaba spread Islam to Malaysia? I gave a, I gave a lecture to the Indonesian community today. So the brother who is Indonesian, he told me in Islam spread to Indonesia through African tujar, African merchants. The first person who was a, came as a Muslim was African. I thought he was Yemenis. He said, no, we have Yemenis as well. But the first who came and he's buried there in Indonesia, he was from Africa. And he was Muslim. And he said their, their character and their akhlaq is what changed the people to become Muslim. People spread it. They, don't, they not only sold their goods, brother, they sold their religion. They didn't sell it, they gave it. But my point is, is like people adopted that. People embraced that. And now you're giving people your product and they're giving you bad reviews and, and you know, what's going on? It's like, forget that. I never want to become like those people. Like we were talking about that guy, he said, Oh, Asalaamu Alaikum, brother, inshallah, mashallah. And he, he realized what? You know, he had the odometer was all fixed and he was, you know, we know who we we're talking about, right? Astaghfirullah <laughs> is a haqiqah, it's a reality. But, anyways, so my point is, is that people are realizing that when you don't have this characteristic, of caring about other human beings, it affects your dunya as well. And if it didn't affect their dunya, wallahi, they would not have given it. And a lot of people say, oh, these kuffar, yeah, they have the you know, impeccable, they, they have impeccable nothing. They would not even do it if it, if, it was, it was, if it did not affect their dunya and they wouldn't get sued and they didn't have, you know, this like thing above their head. Like, you know, every time we go to the hospital, they give my son, your rights, you know, you have a right to be respected and honored for your cultural beliefs. And they give you that every single time when we go in there. Like, they, I have 15 of those. I need to shred them. You know, that they give it to you a letter with two pages that you have a right to be respected and to be, you know, honored. And that, you know, we should treat you the way that you want to be treated and call you. If you are a he and you want to be called she, then we call you she. And if you want to be a llama, then we call you a llama. If you want to be a camel, we got to call you a camel. Like, we got to give you that. Why? Because they know they're going to get a lawsuit. Why are you giving people papers like that? Because then they know you're going to get a lawsuit if you don't. That's what it comes down to, basically. If their dunya did not get affected by it, they would have not changed their character. But when your akhirah gets affected by it, when a person knows that my akhirah will get affected by this, then what? And you have that character only for the sake of Allah not for my money not for my business not for my dunya wallahi people will change the hearts that's what they did that's what the sahaba did that's what these african and yemenese traders did they did for Allah and Allah changed the hearts of the people entire continents accepted islam does that make sense to you people going people people do business today people don't do business today nobody accepts islam I mean, here and there, people, of course people do. You know, we interact with one another. But what it, what it was, what was it? It was a sincerity. 
It was this deep down concern for humanity. It was doing for Allah's sake that I love for you what I love for myself. I love for you Islam, brother. I don't want you to go to hellfire. I want good for you. I want good for your dunya and akhirah. Why are you worshipping these idols? And the Indonesian brother was telling me that they were tribal. They worshipped idols before Islam came. You know? And they see, Allahu Akbar. And you know, these people, the Mu'adhin is giving adhan. And then they're by the river. Then they're praying the salat. And then the locals come to them and say, what is this? What, is, what are you calling? You're calling out to your God? He said, no, this is the call to prayer. Come to success. Come to prayer. Oh, he said, were you praying to the river? To the river God? No. Oh, to the tree? No. To these rocks? No. So we don't see your, where's your idol? Where's your God? He said, no, our God cannot be seen. Our God is the creator of all of this. What? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we, we, we brought some of our, our, um, our merchandise. Would you like to see? And they had already given other merchandise. They had given them the spiritual merchandise. The merchandise of Akhirah. You see how, this, see how they would work? And not only did, the, did they have things that they needed, dates. You don't have dates in Indonesia. You know, they had dates and they had you know, spices and they had coffee. You know, they had all these different, different types of, you know, and they shared these things. And slowly, slowly, the akhlaq. No, 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 you just go ahead and try it. You don't have to pay if you don't have money now. Pay later. My cousin's going to be coming back on the next trip three months later. You can pay him. He can, we'll take an account. And these types of things. So what? Three months later, you're not even, what? You came here to do business and you're not concerned about your money? So don't worry about it. We trust you. You look like a fair person. I give you my word. My brother is going to come. Or my, and then like this, these people are like, what is, what is this? So here is these advices to live by. Here are those advices that those before us lived by it and they changed the hearts of others. You will never have complete faith until you love for your brother what you love for yourself. This is an interesting thing. Isn't this really, really hard that you love for somebody? For someone else, what you love for yourself, that's really hard. I mean, I don't want everybody to have what I have. I mean, come on, like, seriously. That's, I love this car. I want to get, I have to get you that car or something? Like, I love this, you know, house. I have to get you that house as well. I already had like, a hard time getting this. Now I got to get you too? Like, what? what's going on here? But that's not what the hadith means. Imam al-Nawi says, وَلَيْسَ هَذَا مِنَ الصَّعْبِ الْمُمْتَنِعِ كَمَا And this is not from the difficult impossibility that how can a person want for, some, for somebody else what he wants for himself? It's not impossible. It's not difficult as people think it is. Because what does the hadith mean? إِذِ الْقِيَامُ بِذَلِكَ يَحْصِلُ بِأَنْ يُحِبَّ لَهُ حُصُولَ مِثْلَ ذَلِكَ what it means is that you can attain this love for your brother by wishing that he gets the same, not by for you to actually give him the same. It's not required that you have to give him the same. 
but for you to wish that for him. You understand? In other words, I wish good for you. I never want you to like not have that. I wish that you would also be able to have that. And if it's in my power, I will try to do what I can that you also get that. Yani, it doesn't mean like people think this hadith means that if I have a you know, house, I got to get somebody else a house as well. Otherwise, I don't love for my brother what I love for myself. If I have this car, then I have to get you that car as well. Otherwise, I don't want... It's not getting. It's not actually doing. It's that iradatul khair, as is mentioned. Ad-deenul nasiha. Qulna liman? Qala lillahi wa li rasulihi wa li ammatil muslimin. To wish and have sincerity, well-wishing, that you wish that for them. And this, is a, this goes a long way because if you don't want good for people, just think about this. You don't want good for people you won't do good for people. And this is what this hadith actually means. You have to want good. It's not necessary that you have to go and take people on a shopping spree or give people exactly what you have in order to become this. Rather, it's that wishing that that person is able to attain what you have. And just imagine in this country, how many people get discriminated? Do you know what discrimination actually is? It's not wanting for others what you want for yourself. That's all it is. What is that? What is discrimination, actually? You are not worthy because you are X, Y, and Z. You are this skin color. You are this ethnicity. You are this background. Therefore, you're not worthy of this. No, you're not. Why should you have it? This goes against this hadith. In other words, this hadith, it just means one thing. So in, in discrimination, does it have to do with like giving people things? No. Giving them the opportunity. Allowing them. Wishing that for them. But when you're discriminating, you're saying, you are not worthy. I do not wish that for you. Because of X, Y, and Z. Because you're this race. Because you're this color. Because, but look at what Islam teaches us. You don't need to... Give them what you have. You need to wish that for them because wishing, when you don't discriminate, it goes a long way. A lot of people who become successful coming back from wherever they come from, from Philistine, from Afghanistan, from Saudi Arabia, from Kuwait, from Morocco, you know, from India, from Pakistan, from Bangladesh, wherever they come from, what's one of the reasons why people become successful through their work is because they're not discriminated because somebody said i wish for you to have just like everybody else has isn't that why people come here in many places of the world they don't wish that for you you understand i don't wish you to have to become to go this far that's it you can only you can only go this far you can't go this far i don't want i don't want for you what i want for myself because they don't want for them right, what they want for themselves. And this is all this hadith is about. Love for others what you would love for yourself. Do you understand what I'm saying? Subhanallah. This is very, very clear. بِحَيْثُ لَا تَنْقُصُ النِّعْمَةُ عَلَىٰ أَخِيهِ شَيْئًا مِنَ النِّعْمَةِ عَلَيْهِ That you would not that any bounty that you have, you would not that to diminish from your brother. I wouldn't mind if you were to have what I have. I wouldn't mind if you were to drive the same car that I have. I wouldn't mind for you to have the opportunities that I have. I don't want that to be taken away from you. 
That's what it is. And if you have that, you have sincerity towards someone else. Why should you not offer that to another human being? Do you see the beauty of Islam? وَيَرْحَمَ عَلَيْهِ فِي جَمِيعِ الْأَحْوَالِ And to have mercy upon him in every condition. وَذَلِكَ سَهْلٌ عَلَى الْقَلْبِ السَّلِيمِ وَذَلِكَ سَهْلٌ عَلَى الْقَلْبِ السَّلِيمِ And this is easy upon a sound heart. Somebody who don't have prejudice in his heart. You see that this hadith has nothing to do with money. Nothing to do with actual giving. It has to do with that why I should not afford that person the opportunity or wish that for him. I wish that for you, brother. I wish that for you. Subhanallah. وَكَذَا مِنْ كَمَالِ الْإِيمَانِ أَنْ يُبْغِضَ لِأَخِيهِ مَا يُبْغِضُ لِنَفْسِهِ And also from the perfection of iman is that you should hate for your brother what you hate for yourself. If you hate that somebody should talk down upon you, you should hate that for everybody else. If you hate that somebody should discriminate you, you should hate that that you should discriminate others. If you hate that somebody should disrespect you or talk like a bully to you or talk down to you, you should hate that. I should not do that for others. Imam al-Ghazali mentioned something so beautiful. He said, if you want to know which is the worst of character, look at what is it that you hate how people should treat you. That is the worst of character. A very easy way to know what is bad character. What is bad character? It's those things that you would not like for people to treat you that way. You would not like for people to say that to you. You would not like that people to act with you. You would not like for people to, you know, be with you. And what Mullah Ali Qari says here, Akhil Kareem, hada ajib. Min a'jabi ma qara'at fi kutub al-shuruh. Why? Spiritually, why should we love for others what we love for ourselves? This is, goes very, very deep. I hope I ask Allah's help to be able to make me able to explain this. Hafizab, tawajjuh. وَتَحْقِيقُ ذَلِكْ أَنَّ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ مُتَّحِدِينَ بِحَسَبِ الْأَرْوَاحِ That all of the believers, they are the same in the matter of their souls, their spirits. The soul of every believer is the same. There is no skin color in the soul. Souls don't have color. Souls don't have ethnicity. Souls don't come from Pakistan or Afghanistan or these other nation states that was made by the British or the colonialists. Think about this. Our souls are one. This is the, this is the, I mean, such a concept that breaks all this racism. I mean, you guys know that there was just a, there was just a trial, right? There was a BLM, uh, what do you call it, protest. And then, you know, this white kid obviously shot this, you know, this black dude and he was coming at him. And okay, they has, there, there's, a, there's a whole thing about that. Like, these guys are acting up crazy, okay? And white people get scared, okay? I mean, this is the reality. You know, it is what it is. Whether they're cops or whatever it is, white people get scared of black people 
and it's a reality. And then they get trigger happy when it happens. I don't, it's, this is all reality. It's not blame game where I'm looking down upon one group over, over the other. He got scared. He got spooked. And the guy was acting crazy. So he shot him. Anyways, we know right now all of this that's happening. If you don't know what's going on, this is the United States of America. You know, we, we, whatever people sometimes are not here. You know, they're, they're elsewhere. This is happening right now. Do you guys know what this is all about? And this is a very, very sensitive issue. It's all about race in this country. This is a racist country. And many people say, oh, Sheikh, you can't talk like that. Why I can't talk like that? Why? This is a free country. I'm a citizen. It's part of my freedom of expression. It's a racist country because you don't realize this country was based on racism. This country was built on racism. You know who built the, you built the, the, the railroad tracks in this country? Who built it? Chinese. The Chinese built it. The Chinese built it, and read the story of the Chinese. Read the plight of the Chinese. Whose land was this? Right? Idaho. Right? Mississippi. What are the names of these, these states? You know? Alabama. Idaho. Mississippi. Wyoming. Right? All these are names. These are tribal Indian names. These were lands that were robbed from the natives. I'm living here too, by the way. Yeah, so my point is, whatever, you know, this is a, in this land that we live, there's a major, 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 huge race issue. You understand? And it's been at the foundation and the history of this country like this. You understand? From the civil rights movement to Malcolm X to Martin Luther King to Harriet Tubman, to, 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 to all the names that, you know, you guys have studied or not studied, the Underground Railroad and the Trail of Tears and, you know, you name it, right? What they have, Manifest Destiny, the White Jihad, if those who don't know what Manifest Destiny is. But look at this Islamic concept. Look at what Mullah Ali Qari is saying. Listen to this. This is so powerful. He says, we are all souls, the souls of believers. And he said, when we come into this world, we are given vehicles for those souls. And those vehicles are different colors. But the soul is one. The soul is, the soul is colorless. It's like, I mean, mind-boggling. وتحقيق ذلك أن المؤمنين متحدين بحسب الأرواح فهمت؟ متعددون باعتبار الأشباح They are one The believers are one in their souls But they are different in their shells You know, like you take a You know you take an engine of a Porsche and you put it inside of a Ferrari, like the Ferrari body, but it's a Porsche engine in both of them. Like, you understand what I'm saying? It's like the, our engines, what is inside of us is the same exact thing. One is not faster than the other. One is not no different than the other. One does not go like a different, it's the same thing. So the soul of every believer, no matter what their background is, no matter what their skin color is, no matter what their ethnicity is, he's one with you. 
He's no different than you. Don't look at his skin color. Don't look at his skin tone or his language. Subhanallah. This is, some of, this is, this is one of the most profound things I ever read. Why you must love for your brother what you love for yourself? Because we're one. We're actually internally the same. It's unbelievable. Wallahi, this is like one of the most, it had a big effect on me reading this. Like light. Does light have different colors? Like light is the same, but when it goes into a green bulb, it turns green. When it goes into a red bulb, it becomes red. But the actual light that's coming inside is the same. This is beautiful. This is amazing. And he says, or like one soul in multiple bodies. And this is like if, if one person gets hurt, another person also feels that pain. But the Prophet gave an example like that, that all of the believers are one body. The believers are like one body. That when one part of the, one limb of the body hurts, the whole body is restless. So the believers are like that body, that one body. That when any limb, like, okay, let's say your finger hurts, but you still can't go, your eyes can't go to sleep because your finger is hurting. You know? Or your leg is hurting, right? You don't want to go to work. Like, oh, your arm doesn't hurt, but... Because of my, my leg, my arm doesn't also, is, you know, you feel this reluctancy to do anything. And why this is, is because the iman is a light of guidance that comes from the one source, Allah Himself. Iman is what? Is from that light of nur, of iman that comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَبِنْ أَثَرِ أَنْوَارِ أَسْمَائِهِ وَصِفَاتِهِ This is from the effect of Allah's attributes and names. Allah is al-hadi. That tajalli of ismi hadi, the nur of that entered into the heart of someone and it turned into the light of faith. And because of that, we're all one. فَأَرْوَاحُهُمْ إِتَّحَدَتْ بِذَلِكَ النُّورِ فَأَرْوَاحُهُمْ إِتَّحَدَتْ بِذَلِكَ النُّورَ الْمُقْتَضَى لِلْأُلْفَةِ وَالرَّحْمَةِ So that nur, that light, or the singularity, or the oneness of that light, it necessitates this love and mercy of all of those lights that are one. فَإِنْ حَزِنَ وَاحِدٌ حَزِنُوا وَإِنْ فَرِحَ وَاحِدٌ فَرِحُوا And if some of one of them becomes sad, all of them become sad. And you hear about believers that are suffering anywhere in the world, you feel your heart breaks. You wish you could be there. And if they become happy, you know, your heart becomes happy. Subhanallah. May Allah give us the understanding and the reality of this. How to practice this? That we should love for others what we love for ourselves. Wish good for people. That if you see somebody in any situation, in any given situation, immediately put yourself 
immediately reflect yourself in that. How can we do this? Somebody has told me, Sheikh, I don't have this. I just don't. I wasn't raised that way. I believe you. I, I've, I've, I've gotten a lot of weird advice from relatives in my life as well. I'll never forget this advice. Till this day, I remembered that advice to not do it. Yeah. People have given me advice. Till this day, I remembered. People have given me advice. Elders. Supposedly, elders, good people. People that are supposed to be like uncle to me or elder to me. What did they tell me? What did he do for you that you're doing for him? Don't go do for doing, doing stuff for people. Don't go give in to people. Take from people. Yeah. I said, dude, you're a gangster, man. You're a gangster, bro. Not in my mind. I'm like, I mean, I'm a kid, but Allah had put that in my heart. That's not good. Allah had put it in my heart. I'm not listening to that. I don't need to listen to that. I don't need to implement that. What's that garbage advice? I'm a little kid, and Allah put it in my heart. There's this garbage advice. You're 60 years old. You don't even know what they teach us here in kindergarten. Share your toys. <laughs> Seriously, you, need to, you should have went to kindergarten. Or, you know, advice like, uh, you're going to tell the truth, you're never going to get far in life. You'll never be successful. You'll always be a failure in life. Yeah, not here. Do it. Some people give you advice, say, thank you. In one ear, out the other ear. And your brain is saying, not. Definitely not. It's not true. But this somebody told me, that's not how I was raised. I can't love for people what I love for myself. I don't want to love for people what I love for myself. I don't want good for people. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care about them. I don't get sad when I see some. I don't get sad when I see a homeless guy. I don't care. He did it to himself. Go get a job. I work for a living. Yeah, Allah. So, so what he told me, what advice, what advice you have for me? So, if I go jump off a bridge, no, I'm just joking. You have to have mercy to those people as well. He's being honest. What did he say wrong? If somebody goes to the doctor and says, hey, you know I got a smoking problem, I'm a chain smoker. So what is he going to say? Okay, go ahead and die. Doctor's not going to tell him that. Doctor's going to say, okay, let me help you out. He's coming to you. He's telling you that I have a problem. So this person told me, I don't wish well for people. And this hadith, I can't implement it. How, what, what do you advise you have for me? I said, this is the way you're going to do it. Al-mu'minu mir'atul mu'min. Al-mu'minu mir'atul mu'min. A believer is the mirror of another believer. First, you got to start with the believers. Then, this is so contagious, you will have this love for all of humanity. But you got to start with those who are closer to you. You got to start with your family. You got to start with your relatives. You got to start with the believers in the masjid. Then it will, it will spread. But you got to start somewhere. And what is that? That you see that, you see yourself in that person. When I told him, he said, Subhanallah. Jazakallah khair. I said, when you see that homeless person, imagine maybe somebody robbed you. Maybe one of your colleagues did identity theft. They took everything you have. You ended up homeless. You ended up where that guy is. Okay, don't, let's not talk about how. Let's just say it happened. And you were at that position of that homeless person. How would you want others to treat you now? 
Al-mu'minu A believer is the mirror of another believer. In other words, see yourself in him. See yourself in that person's shoes. Put yourself in that predicament. Put yourself in that homelessness. Put yourself in that hunger. Put yourself in that poverty. Put yourself in that unemployment. Put yourself and life. If you if you're able to do that, first and foremost, life gets hard, carrying a lot. It hurts, but there's an, there's there's a pain that is enjoyable. This is one of those pains that is enjoyable. Every pain is not. It doesn't hurt. There are certain pains that are enjoyable, and that is the pain of concern for humanity. Don't be afraid of every pain. Because no pain, no gain. Don't be afraid of every pain. It's painful. I don't want to care about people. You're weak. You have no courage. You have no, 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 Izza. Uh, you have no Shuja'a. You should want to carry some pain. You should want to carry some, some dard, some gham. Why not? This is, this is, this is the, the pain that was carried by prophets. Oh, Muhammad, perhaps you might kill yourself out of grief that these people don't accept Islam. This is the grief that the prophets had. So easy way of, 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 of caring, easy way to bring your heart out of this complacency. You know this complacency? This carelessness, this complacency. See yourself in that. See your own child in that person's child. You know, many, many people told me when, when Yahya got sick, they said that, you know, I just see my own son. This happened to my son. Just, tears are rolling down his eyes. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, why are you crying? It ain't, your, it ain't your son. Go on with your life. I didn't say that, but I'm thinking that. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know. You have to worry about it. But he's like, no, but I see your son in him. In, in, I see my son in, in you. That is a believer. And when people say that to me, I know that that is, that is a true believer. A believer is the reflection of another believer. You can see yourself in that person's pain. And it's not, let me tell you, living like this, it ain't easy. I know one person like this. I know many people, mashallah, many, many people. But there's a person who was close to me. And wallahi... In my life, I only see good things happening to this person. He could be in the worst predicament, and then it'll just like flip upside down, and he just it, that whole situation will become like, wow, like how did you get out of that? Like, like the same person that I know. Like if he sees like a like a rat, you know, dying, or like you know, he'll try to help that. You see like a dog or like, you know, something like you wouldn't want to even be near. Like he has such compassion. Like, oh, but, but it's a living creature. Like what if that was me? Like, no, that wouldn't be you, okay? You wouldn't be a rat. But like, you know, he just has such a, do you know what I mean? Like he could see him. And then this is a, some people just have that. That way they're born that way. Some people just, they don't even see themselves in their own wife. They don't even see that their wife is merciful of mercy, worthy of mercy. They don't even see their own children. They don't even see their own parents they don't even see their own brothers and sisters forget you who are you i don't care i don't care if he dies you know one less annoying person in the world i said i've heard it man i've heard it and i when i hear that i just said subhanallah these people are worthy worthy of 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 of, of pity 
I pity these people. I feel so bad for them. I make dua for them. Ya Allah. What did the Prophet ﷺ say? There was a man, he came, and the Prophet was kissing Hassan anhu, his, his grandson. And this man said to the Prophet, huh, you kiss your children? I have 14 sons, and I have not kissed one of them ever. Congratulations, you know. What, you want me to give you a, like a, you know, a trophy? Like most hard-hearted dad in the world, you know? Worst dad, in the, worst dad in the century, you know, worst dad of the century award. What did he say? He said, what can I do that Allah took mercy out of your heart? For the prophet to say that is heavy. Probably didn't affect him, but affected me. What can I do that Allah has taken mercy out of your heart? Yani subhanallah. Yani so pitiful. You make dua. Ya Allah, give us that mercy. Give us a portion of that mercy. Because that pain you feel for someone else, wallahi, you'll be rewarded for that. It's that pain that you see that when President Trump, he does the Muslim ban, and you have all these white people, all these non-Muslims, standing up, we are Muslim. You, hear, you remember that? I was like, what the heck is going on over here? This is amazing. You got white people, non-Muslims, you know, they're just going up with signs. I am Muslim. SubhanAllah. Yani, I am you. I see myself in you. How does a Muslim not have that? How can a Muslim not have that? This person, of, they see their humanity in you. They see their humanity in you. There's such good people in the world like this. Who are those people? Good human beings that have this, that they want to love. They want to love others. They want to love for you what they love for themselves because they see themselves in you. But how? You're also a human and I'm also a human. If you're a human, you're worthy of respect. Just like I, just like if I were to be poked, I would bleed. If you get poked, you bleed. If I slap you, you would be sad. If I talk down, I feel the same. You feel the same. This much, this much you need. That's all you need in order to bring this quality in your heart. That you should see your reflection in, in, in someone else. That's as simple as it is. Al-mu'min mir'atul mu'min. Can we do that? Can we practice that? May Allah give us tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.